Hi everyone and welcome to the show. My name is Tim and my guest today is Audrey Delbar from La Petite Nanette. Audrey is passionate about onology, which is the study of wine. Audrey, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim, and thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here and share a bit of my story with all you all. Wonderful. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Perhaps we could start off our conversation with you telling us a little bit about who you are and how you became interested in the world of wine. Yeah, of course. First of all, I'm French. I live already in a wine country, very famous for wine. So it's uh, in our education and our culture to drink wine quite regularly. But if you look at my professional career, I do not come from the wine industry at all because I used to work for a major pharmaceutical company for more than nine years uh, where I was in charge of procurement activities. So it was radically different from what I'm doing today because I used to develop market strategies, sourcing suppliers, negotiating big contracts for the vaccines industry worldwide. I used to travel a lot and work with big companies as well, setting up strategy and project management with uh, multicultural teams across the world. And in 2017, I needed a change to this career and fast pace under pressure work environment. So I applied for a humanitarian mission for six months uh, within my company. I got the chance to be one of the selected candidates and I was deployed as a volunteer for the Canadian NGO, non-governmental organization named Care International in Zambia, in Southern Africa. And there, I was working for a social enterprise, and my purpose was to improve access to medicines for local Zambian people. This six-month experience made me see life differently. I reset some answers to my big questions, why I am here, what's the purpose of my life. And while I was in Zambia, I registered to some courses at the Cape Wine Academy in Cape Town. And I decided to take some courses and I passed the certificate at the Cape Wine Academy. I learned a lot from South African wines because I didn't know uh, South African wines at all. You know, French people, they drink a lot of French wine, but not a lot of uh, wines from outside of the country. And just for the story, it's not very easy to find international wines within wine shops in France. So it was really a nice discovery for me, uh, this South African wine. And I really fell in love with the country, with the people, with the beautiful landscape, with the climate conditions, which are amazing. And the Cape Wine Academy, which I really recommend, gives high quality courses. I really learned a lot. And it was not easy because I was the only French girl learning and studying in another language than my mother tongue. And I had to get more familiar with some aromas and flavors which are very local. Some flowers, for example, are, do not exist in France, uh, like the finbos. I guess we say finbos. And um, it was really a nice discovery for me. And I loved it so much that I decided to learn more about South African wines later on. 
So one year later, I came back to South Africa and I volunteered for uh, in a wine farm in Stellenbosch called Vredenheim Farm. They also have a cat park there and it was very family spirit. And there I had a very nice role because I was hosting clients and also French clients. I was giving them tours within the winery and the wine farm. And I was also teaching wine tasting, explaining at the restaurant the food pairing with the wine. And I enjoyed it so much that once I returned to France, I decided to quit my job and launch my business around well-being and wine workshops. Because once I was in Africa, I reworked also the purpose of my life. And I decided that I love human relationships. I love well-being. I worked a lot on psychology concepts around well-being and I love wine. And I say, why not combining all these things by creating and developing workshops around wine and well-being? And this is how my company started last year. So what I love about the workshops that you do is that you combine wine with the concept of well-being. So, of course, when people drink wine, it helps them to relax. But now you're taking it a step further by introducing aspects of psychology, like activities in self-awareness, for example, to help people discover more about themselves. Can you tell me more about how that works? Yeah, sure. First of all, when I started the business and I said that I'm creating well-being and wine workshops, a lot of people looked at me with big eyes, they were quite surprised because for them, well-being cannot be compatible with the word wine. But I say, why not? Everything in this word, if you take it moderately, is not harmful for you. You just need to drink moderately. And this is what I teach in my workshop. Sometimes we spend an hour just to drink one small glass of wine because we spend a lot of time on learning to listening to your body and to your five senses. So I use mindfulness practices and techniques around the eyes. We first work on the colors of the wine. Then we play also with touching some different fabrics to liaise some typical wine with some typical fabrics. And we play with this, we play with also the nose. I create some games for team buildings around nose and aromas to recognize. I also created a game that I called Olfactory Mastermind, which is memorizing flavors in a certain order. And then you have to set up again uh, the aromas in the right order in a team. And then you gain or you lose points. And it's very entertaining for the group. And it creates a team spirit among the people. And while you're, you're really working on your memory in your brain. And then after, only you start tasting the wine. So for the people who come here only for drinking wine, yes, you will drink wine. But at a very low pace. And you learn to develop each senses one by one. And once you have the wine in your palate, we spend a lot of time working on how you feel, what are your emotions. I let people also express themselves because it's also 
a way to gain confidence in yourself, to express yourself through words and emotions, sometimes through poetry, sometimes with music. We can do wine and music pairing as well to release emotions within the people. And with the food pairing, uh, it's also another way to test the infinite combination of food pairing with different flavors like saltiness, sourness, sweetness, bitterness, umamis. And I also have created some workshops with the environment, like the fact that decoration around you, a woody decoration or a grassy herbaceous decoration can affect the perception you may have on the wine you're drinking. So all these kind of activities are tailored depending on what people want to develop in their mindfulness or well-being uh, expectations. So what you're doing essentially is you're bringing the concept of mindfulness to the world of wine. And perhaps that is a new concept for people because generally speaking, people tend to drink their wine too quickly or perhaps they drink too much, but they're not necessarily being mindful and present in the moment in terms of connecting with the beverage in front of them and how it makes them feel internally. Yeah, I totally agree. And I used to be like that. I remember I was, uh, before, I used to drink quite quickly a bottle of wine with some friends without paying attention to what I was feeling, what without putting any words behind um, the flavors I could feel. And since I'm practicing these techniques on myself, my relatives and friends, I've never drank so slowly. Really, I consume at a better pace the wine and I really study, I could say, I study the wine behind the labels. I want to understand the story of the winemaker behind. I want to get images in my brain of the places, of the vineyards, of the sunshine there, of the weather conditions, to bring me more emotions while I'm drinking the wine. And I think that this way of workshops will increase the quality that you're putting in drinking your, your glass. According to the feedback I got so far, people now see a glass of wine differently after attending one of my workshops. They said that they spend more time analyzing the wine, but analyzing themselves as well, because they see things differently afterwards. They can express their emotions, they can put words, and they also practice their memory. So it's also a very good exercise for brain memory to memorize flavors and aromas, because it's one of the more complex part in our brain. Our nose is able to detect one billion of different aromas, contrary to our eyes with one million different colors. So we can practice and practice every day our nose, and there is an infinite combination of possibilities of exploring our nose, developing our self-awareness to better reload our batteries, I'm pretty sure it's helping us also being more resilient in our continuously changing and fast-paced environment. So I have an interesting question for you. When I go to a wine festival, where there are often over 
a hundred different wines to try, I can feel a little bit overwhelmed because there's such a huge selection. And of course, I want to try as many as I can. Is there any merit in trying to slow down and focus on just a handful of wines instead of trying to get through as many as you can at the event? Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's not a marathon. And here, you just need to bear in mind why you're here. You are the festival for your own pleasure. You are here to have pleasure and enjoy the moment, enjoy the instant moment. If you want to enjoy the instant moment, don't rush like a competition. You're not in a competition. Indeed, there is so much wines display on the table that you cannot drink everything. If you really are an expert and are looking for a specific wine, yes, you will be tempted to try different wines, but then you will spit out and I guess you will be with your little book to take some notes to measure and assess each wine. But if you're here for pleasure and just spending a nice moment, then maybe try a couple of them, spit out on some of them and just select the ones that you really enjoy and then take time to really discover this wine and the atmosphere around you, the environment will play a lot also on the appreciation, the music, the weather, the conditions, the decoration, all of these factors will influence also the pleasure you will have in your palate and in your brain and will bring you some specific emotions that you will not be able to reproduce in another condition or set of environment. So taking notes also or memorizing some pictures of what you're tasting is also a great way to develop your self-awareness and your, your search for pleasure. One of the most loved aspects of the wine industry is, of course, the travel. And you've been running these wine and well-being workshops in many different countries all over the world. What has the reception been like so far? Yeah, indeed. So I introduced myself to different wineries and companies offering, first of all, team buildings, just to entertain the teams and create a team spirit. I used to be also a trainer in well-being within my previous company and to give me more credibility, I wrote a book around this and also attended a Buddhism retreat in Japan to really learn the techniques around mindfulness and meditation, which I combine now and use in my workshops. My business is quite recent so i'm just starting and getting some contracts in different wine regions in france and belgium because in belgium there are also wineries now as uh, the climate is changing and also in portugal but i would love to develop that also in south africa like with the wine farm friedenheim stellenbosch that i'm working with and i used to work for i think there is there is a place for this kind of workshop I just need to convince people that we don't need to to see things in the extreme opposite that wine is bad, well-being is the extreme opposite, it's good. But as long as we practice things moderately, whether consuming alcohol or even practicing sport moderately, things moderately anyway in general is a rule for the well-being and the good balance for everyone. And I just need to convince 
But once people attended the workshops, I received very good feedback and some people drastically changed their way of consuming food or consuming drinks. And it makes me happy to see the, these changes and more self-awareness because the world of food and drinks is just amazing with so many combinations and pairings possible. And we underestimate the capacity of our five senses, especially the nose and the palate. It's something that makes our brain work more, our memory to work more. So it's even good for on the long-term perspective for everyone because you create images in your brain and memory and we underestimate quite too often this, uh, this capacity. Wonderful. Well, if the listeners would like to visit your website, it is lapetitenanette.com. There will be a link in the podcast description. But I wanted to ask you, how exactly did you come up with the name La Petite Nanette? Yeah, um, I was looking for a name for my company, but I didn't want a generic name with uh, consulting things behind. Usually, big brands, big names, there is always a story behind the label. And I said, well, I lost my grandma in a tough time for me, but it was also an event that changed my life in a positive way. And I decided to honor my grandma by using her nickname when she was a little girl, which was La Petite Nénette, because she was small, petite meaning small in French. And I say, okay, let's try this nickname for this company. And this is all the story behind it. All right, Audrey. It's been really wonderful talking with you today. I've learned a lot about your background and the work you do. So thanks so much for coming on the show and I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much and have a great day.